Mel Fanboy, episode 48. everybody, Mario Francisco Robles MFR here with you, and this is the 48th edition of the El Fanboy Podcast. How is everybody doing out there? Um, I'm going to keep today's intro sort of short and sweet because I, I recorded a nice hour and 20 minute long Star Wars centric conversation last night with Mr. Rick Shue of the Batman on Film Podcast and with longtime listener supporter and Revenge of the Fans contributor. Uh, Mr. Aaron Verola. So that's going to really be the meat and potatoes of today's episode. But for now, I, I'll, I'll just sort of quickly comment on, on uh, some of the top stories going on this week. You know, namely, you know, in the world of DC and in the world of Star Wars, things have been pretty interesting, haven't they, this week? Let's see. With Star Wars, there was the big news about, uh, you know, uh, Vice and Benioff coming on to do a new film series. Then you had Bob Iger talking about a new, you know, several different TV series that are getting worked on. I have this weird hunch that uh, one of the entities that he references who's working on a new Star Wars show might very well be the uh, the Duffer Brothers from, uh, you know, of, of Stranger Things fame. Uh, that's just literally me spitballing. I couldn't tell you with any real certainty if that's really what's happening. But it's just this, this gut hunch that I've got because I have been hearing... That, uh, that the two of them have been taking some interesting meetings lately and that they have been looking at like life post Stranger Things, even though you know the, the, that show still got a few seasons still to go. You know, they, they don't want to just be the Stranger Things guys. They're also trying to, you know, put some uh, different irons in some different fires to try to get some things going. So it would be interesting to me if that were the case. And I would be very interested in seeing what they came up with in terms of Star Wars. Um, but that's kind of all I'll comment on Star Wars for now, since, like I said, I get into that in very much in-depth detail later on. Uh, on the DC end, there's been some interesting updates. You know, there's a new rumor going around about Michael Bay directing a Lobo movie, or at least being interested in doing so, or the studio being interested in him. You know, as I clarified earlier today on RevengeOfTheFans.com, that is still in the very early stages. No offer has been made. They're really at the very beginning stages of trying to get something done. But like with a lot of the films that are not really on DC's slate right now, Lobo is not ready to get the green light yet. It is not ready to enter pre-production. And right now, the main reason, it would cost too damn much money. Right now, you know, the Hollywood Reporter is claiming that it would cost around 200 million bucks to get this thing done right. And right now, Warner Brothers is not about that. Right now, Warner Brothers, you know, they, they just had, what, you know, a 250 or $300 million expenditure on Justice League, which hasn't exactly paid off for them. They had the same thing last year where Batman v Superman was very, very expensive, and it didn't really do what they had hoped, and it only ended up making a profit of, I think, a little over $100 bucks. Really nothing to, to write home about. So right now, you know, anything that looks extremely expensive 
is kind of, you know, off the table for the time being. Like some of you keep asking about the Green Lantern Corps movie. I think it's going to be a long time until we see that. Similar to Lobo, it's not gone. But it's going to it's gonna take a while. The script is going to have to get reworked or they're going to have to find a way to make it in a way where it won't be as expensive or just wait until the DC brand is back up and running in a rehabilitated and smooth and stable way before they decide, all right, fine, let's do an interplanetary cosmic adventure with the Green Lantern Corps. Um, similarly, you know, Lobo, since he's a... a you know, uh, intergalactic bounty hunter, you know, it would be a very pricey movie. So the reports are now that, you know, they're looking for a rewrite. They're, they're asking Jason Fuchs to maybe do a rewrite that sort of scales the whole thing down so that it could be more of a uh, grounded character piece and probably, you know, bring that budget down. Because in all honesty, Lobo should be more on, on par with like a Deadpool movie than it with like a, you know, a Batman movie or a Superman movie. He's not a top A-list character. And to spend that much money on someone who's basically a wild card and for a film that, if done right, should probably be R-rated, which limits your audience a little bit, you know, they probably want to get that budget like under 100 million bucks, and I totally get that. And according to THR, even, you know, Michael Bay agrees that, you know, he wouldn't want to you know, tackle this in its current state. Uh, THR claims that even he would be in favor of sort of sizing things down, which is actually kind of surprising considering the uh, the reputation Mr. Bay has is, you know, always wanting to go big and bombastic and loud and crazy with everything. Um, the fact that even he, see, according to THR, wants to taper things down a little bit, says a lot about what must be in this script. Um, and by the way, for those of you shitting on this idea, I mean, you know, Michael Bay, I know that he's got the reputation he's got, and I am by no means a fan, but, you know, he, he does have another gear he can go into. He's not just Transformers movies. He's not just... Armageddon, you know, he he can make a fun action movie that's got some edge and some excitement to it. I mean, to me, I, I look at Bad Boys. Bad Boys 1 and 2 were great with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. You know, if he and, and even that pain and gain with Dwayne Johnson, like, you know, he knows how he can actually make an entertaining, action-packed, fun summer blockbuster. That's what he can do. It doesn't have to just be you know, the fluffy, empty calories of a Transformers movie. He's actually got something in the tank, you know, if, if, with the right material. Um, so, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I'm not one to jump on this Michael Bay thing as if it's a disaster. I know some of you are. I know we have a commenter on uh, revengeofthefans.com named Razorstar who, you know, just commented on this Lobo story like he just can't believe, you know, he or she, I'm not sure, uh, can't believe that, you know, DC would turn towards Michael Bay at this time when they're trying to rehabilitate their image. Why would you go to Michael Bay? And it's like, listen, I, I understand and I hear you on a surface level. Michael Bay does not seem like the answer. But again, Lobo is not going to be this pivotal part of the DC universe. It's going to be just a fun little, you know, character-driven blockbuster, something more on par with like a Deadpool, again, than as opposed to some sort of big a-list tentpole that the entire franchise hinges upon. So with that in mind, you know, let's lay off a little bit. Let's see how this plays out. Let's see if the script gets reworked in a way that makes everyone happy, that Bay comes on and he bring, he puts on his bad boy's pants. 
uh, and makes us a kick-ass Lobo movie. I would be totally down for that. Um, and while we're talking DC, you know, I did just publish an all-new Revenge Report. Uh, it's called The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. For longtime El Fanboy listeners, you know, I was teasing that title like three or four months ago because... You know, I, I was planning on doing something special with it. I was going to do like a little sort of spin-off of the podcast, almost like a documentary style uh, podcast episode that just explored Affleck's dalliances with Batman and Warner Brothers and why there seems to be such an insane game of tug of war and, and back and forth and bat and mouse, as I keep calling it. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I ended up scrapping that because the situation is just so frustratingly fluid. Every time it seems like we're about to get to a place where now we have some 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 sort of resolution, something else comes in and now it's like, well, maybe there is no resolution and maybe they're going to try to work it out. You know, as I mentioned in the, in the uh, report I just put up on the website, you know, it's like watching a, a, an abusive relationship where you know like these two people are not right for each other. You know, and, and every time you want to go and, and talk some sense into one of them, they kiss and make up and now they're back together. And then the next week they break up again. And you as the third party, after a while, you're just like, you know what? You're a lost cause, you know? So that's why I ended up scrapping what I was working on a few months ago and just ultimately turning it into this written report. I may, I, I might, I might still make a video essay out of it for those of you who like the visual medium, um, and I might even record just a short podcast where, you know, reading that episode out loud just for those of you who want to enjoy it more, for, you know, listening to it as an auditory experience instead of sitting there reading all that text. So, you know, I'm still probably going to do something with it. But for now, the curious case of Benjamin Affleck has, is in the form of a written report on RevengeOfTheFans.com, which you guys should go check out ASAP uh, because it really is a fascinating situation um, and I really do toggle back and forth between really wanting to cover it and dig deeper and wanting to just wash my hands with it, walk away and wait until something official happens because it's exhausting as a fan, as a reporter, as someone who's invested as a fanboy and also invested as someone who's trying to give people in, you know, out there information about this topic. You know, it's just I sometimes just want to bang my head against the wall with this story. Um, so read it, you know, this should hopefully shed some light on why things have been so sort of tumultuous and why, you know, both sides can't seem to just come to an accord and we can just move on in one way or the other, because it really is not as complicated. No, it's not as simple as it seems. And it's also, you know, you can't really say who the bad guy is because both sides have a hand in this. So, you know, it just... It, read it. I think it'll make more sense once you read this, why it is that the situation over there is so murky and why the reports about everything and anything related to Ben Affleck and Batman have been so mixed and so contradictory over the course of the last nearly five years since he was announced to be the new cinematic Bruce Wayne. Um, so I hope you guys get something out of that. You know, I wish I had something more concrete to share. I really do, just like I said in the report. But for the time being, the, the what all I can really do is help you to try and understand why things are the way they are. All right? 
And while we're waiting for DC to finally launch that sort of direct news, you know, show or source, however it is that, that, that I've mentioned to you before, while we wait for that new DC news service to finally arrive, I can let you know that I, I'm told something Superman related is on the way. I asked if it's about the sequel, because I assume that would be the next bit of Superman news. And apparently it's not about the sequel, but I'm told that in the next week or two, there's going to be some sort of Superman news coming out of DC and Warner Brothers. So I, you know, we're, I'm in the same boat as you as to try and figure out what kind of news this will be. Maybe it'll be like official confirmation that he's in Shazam since Shazam just started filming. I don't know. I'm speculating now, but all I know is I was told by someone I trust that there's going to be some sort of Superman news in the next week or two, and it will not be tied to his direct sequel, all right? So make of that what you will. I, for one, can't wait till DC launches their new service so we can have a little more clarity on these things, and it's not all whispers and, and murmurs and all that sort of stuff. But okay, everyone, here we go. It is time to get into, into the crux of today's episode, the uh, Star Wars discussion I had last night with Rick Shu and Aaron Verola. All right, so as promised, I've put together my own sort of Jedi Council of sorts. Uh, they were with me here when it was time to talk Last Jedi and take sort of a deep dive into all things Star Wars back in December. It's uh, First, I got Rick Shu from the Batman on Film podcast. Rick, how you doing? Hey now, I'm doing great, man. I have to, get, I have to get that. Hey now, and is that your thing? That's your thing. That's a, That's our. That's that, that is our war cry, sir. No, I'm doing great, Mario. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing great, uh, and yeah. I, I mean, I'm doing extra great because I got Mr. Aaron Verola, a longtime listener, supporter, Revenger contributor to Revenger the fans. How you doing, Aaron? I'm good, man. But I got my lightsaber ready, so I'm about oh. to chop some of these suckers down. Oh, no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, you are not messing around. No, literally, I'm not playing around. <laughs> I've got it. That's someone uh, getting chopped down. That's that's the single most amazing podcast moment I've ever had in my life. <laughs> did, and then, did, did, and then did that just happen? That, that sounded that really like something happened. in post. That was in real time. That was Aaron Kane. He has props. He's probably dressed like a like, like a Jedi right now. He's <laughs> serious. <laughs> I, I was, Rick, I was expecting you to start blasting Duel of the Fates, and then he just starts killing me with the lightsaber or something. Um, always, a, always a perpetual cheerleader for the prequel, sir. Oh, I know you are, and that's one of many things that I find fascinating about you. Um, <laughs> but all right, so, you know, let, let's talk some Star Wars. I don't know, you know, we, like right now, the most recent bits of news are floating around my head, and it's hard for me to sort of wrap my head on how to feel about them. You know, it was like a one-two punch. You know, first there was the news that uh, Benioff and Vice from Game of Thrones had been hired to create a new film series. Instantly, not not a movie, a film series of Star Wars that would not be related to the Skywalker saga or Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Then the next day, there was the news from Bob Iger that there are a few Star Wars series currently in development for their, you know, for when the Disney app launches, um, like, whoa. So where do we start here? I, I mean, I want to talk about the Game of Thrones situation because I have so many questions about that. But, you know, Aaron, how did you feel when you first heard that the Game of Thrones creators had been hired to do a series of Star Wars movies? 
Yeah, I mean, um, excited. Uh, I mean, look, for me, diehard Star Wars fan, I just kind of want to soak it all up, like mm-hmm. some bread and gravy. And um, yeah, I mean, I think these guys, they have the chops for sure. I, Do you I watch Game of Thrones? Like, is that your is that your bag? That, so, so, dude, this that is a completely different story for me. <laughs> okay. I, I, uh, I stopped watching after... I think season four because it started getting into stuff in the books and I'm a book purist, man. Oh, so I, I see, but, but I was like, you know, uh, I respect what they've done yeah. uh, with the, with the material, with the source material. And uh, it definitely made for some exciting television watching while yeah. I was watching the show. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see what they bring to the table. I, you know, I have a sneaking suspicion of what they could potentially be doing, but Ooh, what uh, do you think? What do you think it could be? Um, come on, this is Knights of the Old Republic, man. You really think? I mean, it, that's why I use that picture on the article because that is like what they seem to be cut out to do, right? They have to do that, man. I mean, it's already <laughs> just think about what they've done with the mythology for Game of Thrones yeah. and sort of sourcing the Knights of the Old Republic content and mythos that's already been sort of created. You yeah, know, no, the, it's uh, kind of their thing. Like they, the they know how to take an established mythology and adapt it and add their own flourishes to it and all that. Yeah, totally. I mean, totally. yeah. So I, I'm with you there. I think that's where they're going to head. But Rick, what, what what did you what did your gut tell you when you when this news came out? Well, any episode of Game of Thrones always interferes with my Nick at Night Cheers rerun marathons. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so not really into the show, but oh uh, goodness! Here's the deal. Let's be honest. Uh, you probably watch Golden Girls at that time of night. Uh, Golden Girls reminds me of my both my grandmothers are past, but my dad's mom yeah. rest her Mash. anyway. So, uh, <laughs> so but anyway, but uh, so my wife is really into Game of Thrones, and I have watched. Oh, so she's the smart one. Okay, keep going. She's the, <laughs> she is absolutely the smart one. But, uh, you know, I'm just not a – I know this sounds weird, man. I'm a, I'm a super into movies guy. I'm just not into TV at all. Oh, I, I all right. I haven't, I, haven't re- I haven't really followed anything since The Sopranos. I know that sounds terrible, man. i got to turn in my geek card. Yeah, I mean yeah. – and I watch a lot of movies and I read and a lot. And not even and, any of this like DC superhero renaissance that's going on where there's – you know, you got Arrow and Supergirl and Flash and on the other networks you have Gotham – I mean, none uh, of that interests I, you, Rick? I, I think Gotham is an abomination. First of all, <laughs> hell okay. yeah, it's amen. It's atrocious. Um, I think Supergirl is. Uh, first of all, she's w- wicked hot. Is that okay for me to say that? Oh, I mean, I, it's totally and, fine. Yeah, but no, no, she's she's great and she's very charismatic. She's a great actress, and I like I like her Superman in the in yeah, the show. Uh, Tyler I'm, 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I liked uh, I liked Smallville. And in the '90s, I was really into Lois and Clark. Um, yeah, but this new now, wave didn't get you back in. You're not like, oh, no, I better watch Arrow every week. No, I'm like, you know, I, I do. I'm, I'm getting caught. <laughs> up, I'm getting. I'm getting caught up on comics right now, and I've been really enjoying that. I've been reading a couple of books, and I got trying to get caught up on novels and comic books, and so I've been doing that. But so anyway, Game of Thrones has obviously been going on a while. Here's what I'll say in terms of my response. I understand the the. Uh, the integrity, the the talent that goes behind that show, it's it goes without saying. So yeah. I, when I heard the news, I was excited, and and you, you know I'm, I'm sure you'll bring this up, but an important thing to just just go ahead and throw out there now because it's hard for me to continue without even saying it is 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 there such thing as too much Star Wars? Mm. Is there 
is there such thing as Star Wars fatigue? Am I jumping ahead on anything that you were going to bring up? No, no. I mean, it was okay. going to come up at some point, but mm-hmm. the, if this is yeah. organically where it happens, let, let's go there. Because I, the, right. I have been wondering that. So what do you think, Rick? Well, I mean, I think that it's all in the eye of the beholder, right? I think it's possible for me that I could get tired of Star Wars at some point, and that's okay. I don't know. I don't see any sign of that personally. Yeah. Um, I like, you know, I, I got into the special editions when I was in college. I got into... Mm-hmm. The prequels. I I love what Disney's been doing. I love Rogue One, Force Awakens, and yes, damn it, I love the Last Jedi. But uh, <laughs> and I, I and I'm excited for the solo film. We'll get into that later. So I don't have Star Wars fatigue right now. Quite the contrary. Like the Last Jedi has me. I'm as excited for Episode Nine as I was eight, uh, uh, and I am as excited for Han Solo as I was. Well, that's a tough one. Yeah, really, <laughs> see, yeah, you were yeah, yeah, you yeah. were gonna try to say. But no, well, you, you I, I was going to say Rogue One, but I have to, you know, you could dig up Twitter uh, yeah, tweets you, of mine you, you where I was a... like, I don't understand what's going on with this Rogue One thing. I'm not into it at all. You know, and, and so there's there's a history there, of my skepticism. Mm-hmm. But here's here's what I will say is that um, had someone put this in perspective for me. And I think it was Zachy Hassan, my, my my dear friend, HuffPost film critic, podcast guy. You guys all know who Zachy yes. is, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you he said get to him me, on the show. You have to get him. You guys would be yeah. great to get him. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd love to hear you guys bouncing off one another. But what Zachy, and I'm going to paraphrase, so Zachy, sorry, dude. But <laughs> Zach, Zachy put this in perspective where he said that Star Wars is what Kathleen Kennedy is doing and Disney is doing, is that they are introducing Star Wars. These these films are slowly, like The Force Awakens was a love letter to all the old school fans that might have been in you know, disgruntled about the prequels or what have you. Mm-hmm. But what they have learned is that there's also a generation of fans that grew up on the prequels and those are their Star Wars. Films. Right. And the original trilogy is like this old school thing that their parents watched. And now there's this generation that is, that is Ray and Kylo and they get that. And I think that there's this bit, interesting balancing act between nostalgia and moving forward. And I applaud Ryan Johnson for pushing those boundaries in the last Jedi. And so the, Basic bottom line is this: where I'm going, I just walked around the street, uh, walked, walked around the block across the street. I get that, but what Zachy is essentially saying is that these films are slowly becoming not for you, not for me, but for the next generation of Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. And if they stay on top of that, we can talk about all all day long about fatigue and oh, I don't need this. But what about that ten year old that's introduced to the Game of Thrones? HBO, Star Wars, or Netflix, or wherever it ends up, yeah. or what have you, and that's their Star Wars. That's how they're introduced to the to the universe. And well, I you think, see, you know what I think of when you bring this up because, like, I, I see everything you're saying, but the conclusion is where I kind of went a different way with it in my mind. I thought you were going someplace else with that. I thought what you were going to get at is with all of these different types of Star Wars movies coming out, they're trying to kind of have it so that like. One set of movies is for this type of fan, like the old, you know, mm. the, the classic fan. The, you know, th- this set of movies is for the current generation, and this set of movies is for the prequel people generations. Well, because technically, they're... with all these different things, you know, the Star Wars stories, let's say, could be like for kids, because Han Solo to me looks like a kid movie. Then, you know, the, the, the original trilogy with the Skywalker saga is for the you know, the uh, the old folks, the the old school Star Wars fans, and then Ryan mm. Johnson's new trilogy could be strictly for like a whole new set of fans and yeah, i don't know I, I i thought that's where you were heading with it well um, and i and i, I kind of am it, yeah. it's but i mean it's I'm, I'm drilling a little bit more specific in terms of the fact that they are they are introducing these yeah, films. To change, us, ch- change it over there's a generation of kids or 
kids, whatever, that watched The Force Awakens that, by the <clears> way, <throat> didn't look at that and say, that's a New Hope ripoff. Yeah. They looked at that. That was their, that was their introduction to Star Wars. Ray is right. their Luke. Ray is their mm-hmm. you and Obi-Wan or whatever, right? Yeah. That, that's their Star Wars. And, and, and I think with the force awakens, it was sort of a hybrid, right? It was a, uh, let's face it. I, I I'll defend the prequels, but you know, th- there's a bad taste left in fans mouth. The, the mm-hmm. franchise went on hiatus and JJ, uh, quite frankly, did a brilliant job of introducing <clears throat> new and introducing new. And then also have this like overwhelming sense of familiarity, right? Yeah. Ryan, Ryan Johnson, we can debate the last Jedi all day long. He said, F that noise. He turned it on its head. And and you know said this is a story, and I'm I'm telling this story as I want to tell the story, not by like virtue of what I think fans want to hear. And so mm. I think that that is, and by say, when I say fans, I'm talking about us, right? I'm talking about our generation, and I think right. that's what's mm. going on with Star Wars right now is that they know they they have they're foreshadowing all this is that there's going to be a legion of fans that's introduced to the Ryan Johnson trilogy that will happen or that they will be introduced <laughs> to whatever these guys from games of Thrones are doing. But then guess what? They're going to throw in a solo film, uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi standoff film. And so they're going to have this sort of balancing act. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a fascinating mm-hmm. recipe because it's not, it's not cohesive. It's not like, they're moving forward and leaving. They're look, not looking in the review mirror. It's like they're moving forward, but they're you know they got these little side projects over here that are sort of uh, all about the past. You know, it's 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 kind of hard to get my head wrapped around. But I think what they're doing is I think we're gonna look back on all this in 10, 15 years and say these guys were freaking brilliant, man. They maintained their old fans. They brought in all these new fans. And, yeah. you know, they lost, they lost some people along the way, pissed some people off or whatever. But listen, Star right. Wars fans have been pissed off since the Ewoks, right? <laughs> yep. This has gone back since the Reagan administration, all right? This is nothing new. And <laughs> so yeah. uh, I think I think that they know that, too. Now, I just want to say, though, with regard to what, with, uh, to what Ryan Johnson did with Last Jedi, like, I fully respect the idea of, like, turning the page and trying to, like, you know, like, like you said, like, 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 screw that noise, I'm going to do my own thing. <clears throat> but a part of me kind of wishes that he could have maybe saved that for his new trilogy, like that approach. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh. that's just me. I, for me, as the type of fan that I am and, and part of, like, what I didn't find all that fulfilling about Last Jedi, and I know I'm, I'm not alone, just like you guys are not alone. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like... But well, we're was, never alone, sir. We're no. never alone. You are not but, but, but alone. But do, 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 do you really want, and this is get into the weeds of Last Jedi, but do you really want a 64-year-old Luke Skywalker running around trying to be... You know, a young, you know, a young guy, a young buck, a, a, a no, hero. It's, a young not, buck. it's not about that. It, it, it's I, I would have enjoyed more of like the old gunslinger sort of arc, you know, something kind of like what we saw in Logan or you've seen in like, you know, Unforgiven or in you know, so, any John Wayne you know, later year Western. I wouldn't mind. I, I would have liked to see him maybe get his you know, his hands dirty a little bit and then still ultimately end that, up. Though. But he did. No, but not in this current form. Not at uh, not at this stage of the game. He did. Yeah. What, he the did hologram? it the way. Yeah. The the yeah. last act of Luke was the most. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll say this, and I'll I'll take this to the street, man. Oh. It is the most like. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the most badass Luke thing Luke's ever done. Dude, I've said this over and over again. This that was the the sort of keystone to my experience as a Star Wars fan because. If there was one thing that totally pissed me off about the prequels, sorry, Rick, 
it was um, <sighs> watching the little green frog man jump from rock, rock to ship and all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Because I always felt that the, a Jedi was supposed to be more powerful than that. And he didn't need a lightsaber, you know, Yoda specifically. Uh, but to see it from Luke Skywalker. Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to interrupt you, but why wouldn't Yoda need a lightsaber? Anyway. his incredible Cut. force powers. Yeah, because he's know, like, he's the you master. Know, the King okay. Jedi. Yeah, but he was up against Count Dooku, who was also a masterful Jedi. It wasn't like he was up against. He didn't pull it. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't pull it out. And Roger, Roger, droids. Right, I'm going to played... make a rule here. Let's keep our Star Wars debates to the to the new films. Let's let's not relitigate the prequels on this. Right. We could do that some other time. But for now, Mario. And, and by the way, that's more than fair, sir. Conti- continue. So, episode eight chatter. Go ahead. <laughs> gasoline man, and burn that whole shit down um <laughs> sorry anyways uh no no i mean that 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 to me was it couldn't have gone any other way i would not have wanted to see him physically show up because there, in my mind and I, I remember challenging myself actually while i was watching this movie i'm like do i really want to see luke skywalker show up and and get his ass handed to him is is that what I'm expecting to see? Because there's no way with Kylo Ren's fury and utter raw, you know, uh, force strength well, would listen, he have not been have able to take. They could have it both ways, though. They could have stayed where he comes in roaring like a lion and he gets to do some magnificent things, but then ultimately succumbs to Kylo Ren and it, you know, it kind of extends the story and gives it another chapter. Listen, I honestly... I. I don't even really want to go into all that, like this sort of stuff, because like you guys have your opinion and I have mine. And, you know, at this point, you know, it's more so I want to just talk about. (laughs) No, but 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 is it but is it Luke and the Last Jedi basically Rocky and Creed? I'm I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, Kind of kind of. Listen, I listen. I'm more talk. I'm more so talking about the philosophy behind the films. You brought up the whole thing about Ryan Johnson, and, and he's been pretty vocal about it too. Like, not wanting to go into the nostalgia, really kind of wanting to push things in a new direction, really sort of demystify certain things. And you know, I just you know personally, and this isn't like you know for you to. I'm not even trying to convince you that I'm right. I just want you to know where I'm coming from. Sure. I wish he would have saved that for his movies. Right now, while you're completing the Skywalker saga, the story that Lucas began all those years ago, the story that J.J. Abrams handed you with Episode Seven, you should try to stick within that tone and that sort of approach and then save all that other stuff for your Episode One. Like That, that, mm-hmm. that would have made me happy if we turned mm-hmm. the page once this story was finally concluded. So but I'll, if that were true, if that were true, then Luke Skywalker would have completely have gone to the dark side as Lucas had once intended him to. Well, right? I'm, not even necessarily, I'm not necessarily saying go to Lucas's outlines, but I'm saying like just the overall tone. You know, Abrams really honored sort of classic Star Wars. And there is a certain, you know... Um, I just wish they wouldn't have just turned the page already and tried to go in a new direction like they did. Well, then. well, JJ's also also the one that put Luke on that island yeah. that was there for how many long years and knowing what was going on and knowing that friends were dying. And so for him to just like get hand, get that lightsaber and say, I'm going to return to action and do it would have sort of honestly been disrespectful to that premise. Quite frankly, I think that Ryan Johnson's uh, episode eight is a perfect compliment to episode seven. That's my right. personal opinion. But but that you're right. Let's 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 move on from that. Let's talk about just sort of the overall thing in terms of Star Wars, right? That's where you're wanting to yes. go with this. Yeah. Show. yeah. Right, right. 
And so, so Mario, yeah. since you're the host here, sir, what, so what, what, do you, what, what do you think? Like, what's 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 the next thing here? Like, what do you? Where well, is your head at with all this? See, I, I'm sort of of two minds. I really am. You know, I'm I'm excited to see more Star Wars movies because I'll always be interested in Star Wars. And even when I'm saying no love to, you know, hashtag no love to the solo <laughs> movie, you know, there's that part of me that's like, well, I know I'm going to end up seeing that, you know. And there is just general excitement to see where they go with things. But, you know, I, I to me, the, the this slate that they're seemingly working on is very sort of incongruous. I can't make any sense of it right now. So I'm more so, I don't know how they're going to proceed with all this. You know, if in theory, Ryan Johnson is already, you know, trying to come up with a story for his episode one. So conceivably, that could come out in 2020 or 2021. Meanwhile, these Game of Thrones guys are going to start on their stuff in about a year once they're fully done with Game of Thrones. So are they going to be launching their new series? Because that's also something I want to hit on. It, it's, it says series, not movie, series. So they've already mm. been contracted to do, and they're not saying trilogy, so it might even be more than that because two movies is not really a series. Three is mm. obviously a trilogy. Like, did they give these people four or five or six? Like, uh, what kind of contract do they have and what are they going to do with it? So well, are we going to have a trilogy and a series and Star Wars mm. stories? Like, that's the well, part that I can't get. Well, you referenced earlier, you alluded to uh, DC on, on TV with Flash and yeah. with, uh, right, with uh, right. uh, um, uh, Supergirl and et cetera. And then it coincides, obviously, with what's going on on DC film. And so what's crazy about this day and age, guys, in my view, is that, you know, this was unheard of 20 years ago. These things can go coexist. We can have two Superman we can have yeah. literally but in, but listen in the same medium. Well, I mean, yeah, well, we have, we we have a Superman on Supergirl. We have a Superman. Well, what, well I mean, I, what I mean is like I consider TV separate from movies. So you like you think like mm-hmm. we could have two cinematic Supermans or two? Oh, you mean like we're gonna have two cinematic Jokers? Well, yeah, no. Well, oh, well, we're gonna other. have. Two, yeah, yeah. It looks, <laughs> like, it looks like we're gonna have two cinematic Jokers. But I guess my point is this: the, the great the, the great thing about Star Wars is that it's so vast. You can yes. place this and. I don't know, Aaron, Mario, help me out here. I mean, over uh, at least a thousand years, right? Oh, yeah. Or a thousand oh. generations. The, the Jedi have an entire the... galaxy to play with, or multiple right. galaxies. So the, it's this huge blank canvas, this wonderful tapestry that you can make whatever you want, you know? So in, in the series, they could have this Game of Thrones-style uh, Old Republic, and then in Ryan Johnson's trilogy, it can be a thousand years north of the Skywalker. And then song. will they discontinue the soul of the uh, star Wars story stuff or were they, or that would that be the third branch of the star Wars that, cinematic that, saga? So well, that's a great, that's a great question. We're getting solo and Aaron, are you convinced? And is it hopeful? Or are you also convinced that we we're getting a Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan film, right? I mean, we have to, correct? I think it's I, inevitable. I do too. But uh, Aaron, I, what do you think? Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think we, sh- we absolutely need to have it. <laughs> Um, I'm excited if, if they do, but, uh, I know, I know there's some speculation. People are hoping for it and, and there's been some rumbling. So hopefully it comes to fruition and we see, we see him step back into the robe. There's a great interview with, uh, Ryan Johnson that's live right now on Collider. And, uh, and, uh, I'm a big fan of both. I, I, I love Collider. In fact, Chris and Harlow, if you're listening to Jedi Council, bring me the F on bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife says it'll never happen because you and I look too much alike. I don't know. I guess we do. But anyway, so, um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it is a, uh, 
there's just look, there's so much going on with Star Wars right now that I mean, Mar- Mario, let me ask you this. I mean, because it just makes my head spin. There's so yeah. much. It's kind of overwhelming, right? Uh-huh. What? What do you think, man? You're the host of the show. You have this <laughs> legion of followers. You have a big voice, and you're a brilliant writer, and people oh, listen to you. Right, ask what are you doing my, to me? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not bullshitting. I'm. I'm being serious. I'm a huge fan. You, you are legit, and you have a lot of legitimate people that are that are believing you that there's a possibility that Ryan Johnson may not return to Star Wars. And, and maybe, <laughs> and maybe you, no, no, no. I'm not being serious. Maybe you, you end up being right, but where do you stand on that today right now? Mm. Because, because I was about to, I'm, I'm, and I'll allude more to the collider, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Um, you that I just watch what ties into the Obi-Wan stuff. Well, see, here's the thing. I think it all comes down to whatever Lucasfilm's expectations were for episode eight. And right now, none of us really know. So there's no way of saying whether or not they're running around screaming and celebrating or if there's something a little more... I, I wouldn't say... That the, it, it, there's no scenario where anyone's panicking at all. Like, they, they're at least fine. But the question is, is fine enough for them to want to go you know, push forth on a, on a trilogy? Like, you know, it, we, we don't know how they are digesting what's happened with episode eight. Mm. So without that, it's all speculation. Right now, my thing is, you know, the two films opened pretty close to one another. There's only about an 11% difference, all right? Force Awakens opened to 248 mil. Last Jedi opened to 220 mil. Those are two astronomical numbers that are only like 11 percentage points apart. The Mm. big tail of the tape is afterward, it's clear that Last Jedi did not, you know, have the same hold over people, which is fine. You know, it, it was never going to come necessarily close. I never said it would be two billion. I never had said a nine, you know, 1.8, 1.9, 1.6. No, I said, you know, I thought maybe 1.5 would probably be a fair barometer for what they would probably want to see so that they don't feel that they've lost a huge <coughs> segment of their audience. Um, because here's the thing, we, we got to be honest, 1.3 bill is amazing, but it's also practically what Rogue One did. So did they, that's the big billion dollar question. Were they expecting something closer to Rogue One or something closer to The Force Awakens? And depending on how they do actually digest this, they may have some trepidation. If, if, if Mr. Johnson comes to them with some ideas, that they're like, I don't know if I'm in love with that. You know, Kathleen's Kennedy shown that she's got a real short fuse. And if she thinks you're going to mess up what she's trying to build here, you're gone. So, you know, if they were over the moon, if, if Last Jedi had gone close to $2 billion and it was basically just another, like, Force Awakens-style historical film, then there, he would have a total... It would be like a blank check. Anything you want, Ryan, go for it. Since it performed closer to Rogue One, I think now he has to, like, really win them over with whatever he wants to do. Does that make any sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And listen, there's mm-hmm. we banter on Twitter about it and everything. It's all in good fun, uh, but you make you, you do make some valid points, right? This is a business. Yeah. I guess I guess the way I look at it is this: we can we can get into the weeds all day long about um, uh, the breakdown and whatnot. But the second film of each trilogy, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, Empire Strikes Back or Attack of the Clones, uh, draws pretty significantly from the first. And then the third film picks back up, whether it's Jedi, Return of the Jedi. I have to say, Return of the Jedi. I can't say Jedi anymore. <laughs> yeah. Return of the Jedi or or, or Revenge of the Sith. And um, 
and my, my guess is it'll be the same way with uh, with whatever the, the third film is uh, is reference here. But here's my question: Is is it that? Uh, and, and I don't have an answer. This is not rhetorical. Yeah. I really don't know. Is the 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 last Jedi quote unquote underperform, or did Rogue One, this film taken from one line out of the Episode Four's crawl, mm-hmm. that yeah use Darth Vader in the marketing whatever, but did that movie overperform? And yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I'm you know not what I mean? Really, yeah, I right, remember, like, I remember being surprised when it crossed a billion. Like I, I didn't, yeah. you know, like, to me, I'm like, ah, oh, that's like a seven hundred and fifty million dollar movie, and that should be good exactly. enough. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. It right. did one. It did like one point one. Yeah. And so now there's this weird like, well, it did one point one, and that did two, and you're only doing one point three, one point four. I think. I think. I think the last Jedi will end at like one point three five, whatever, close to. Well, we'll just say one point yeah. three, one point four, somewhere in there. Right. And this and, is again without China. And it bombed in China. Uh, but Star Wars movies do bomb in China. This one bombed more so than the others. Um, I have theories on that that are sort of like geopolitical. I don't want to get into all that, mm-hmm. but, uh, um, but, uh, but anyway, but <laughs> my point is this, is that did, did Rogue One overperform and then like Force Awakens, like super mother effing overperformed. And so the last shot is like, uh, where do I fit in all this? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. You know, right, right. I don't know. See, cause mm. you, part of this in me too is, is I, I, I think you can definitely make a case that there were a fair amount of people who were put off by this film, you know, because despite the fact that the second film in the trilogy always drops, we're still talking $800 million difference here. That's like, that's a whole other movie that that's, you know, that's like what Thor Ragnarok made. You know what I mean? That's a huge, that's, that's a major, major drop off. So my question, like I'm curious about how like the people who didn't show up, or the people who saw it but didn't come back for seconds and didn't tell their friends, oh, you got to go see this. Like, what's it going to take to keep them engaged? Because to me, I, you know, like I, I was just speaking to a friend of mine. I tweeted about this vaguely last night. A buddy of mine who's grown up on Star Wars, who loves it to pieces, even with like Last Jedi, he initially loved it. But then the more he thought about it and the more we discussed it, the more he realized how sort of unsatisfied he was with it. And now all of a sudden he's like, he's telling me that he doesn't really care anymore. That with Luke gone and with all the sort of new things that are on the horizon and the way Johnson, like his approach, he like is no longer excited about the future of the Star Wars franchise. And I'm like, whoa, like even me with my qualms at The Last Jedi Mm. and my qualms and concerns about Solo, I'm going to be there. You know what I mean? The, so there are can people you, can, like can, this guy. Can, can you, but can you text that guy right now and get him on the show for five minutes? <laughs> because listen, here's the thing, man. Luke is not gone. Like, did you learn anything from the original? Oh, yes, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, know. Obi Obi Wan was there with Luke from all three films, and listen, you know that JJ, of course. Is, it's going to have Mark Hamill. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to be freaking awesome. I'm with you guys. I mean, I'm, I'm mm. with you there. But, but my He's point is. Even, even, even Luke says to Leia in that great scene at the in the last show, it's like no one's ever really gone. I mean, yes. that's, come on. But, but, but my what's, point his, is, what's your friend's name? I'm going to call him out on the show. <laughs> his name Frank. is Greg. Your name's Frank. Frank, <laughs> okay. call me. Two and four, da, 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 da. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but, but my point is, if we can extrapolate from there, if there are a sizable number of people who feel that way all of a sudden, and suddenly sort of the bloom is off the rose, 
And let's say the people at Lucasfilm are monitoring and they're, they're seeing what people are saying on Twitter and they're seeing the what in message boards and comment sections. If they deem that he has somehow hurt their cash cow, that's another reason he's going to have to like be on his heels a little bit as he proceeds. You know, and that's the thing. We don't. I'm not saying that that they necessarily are, but depending on what their expectations are. You know, they could interpret this like, wow, we lost, you know, that's eight, that's an $800 million difference. We lost a fair amount of audience members here because of what you, you know, the, your ideas and the direction you took things. I mean, ultimately, yeah. I, hope I, it's think, not true. I think people like that are going to come back. I mean, yeah, I mean, with all, with all of the stuff that they've got in the works, there, there has to be, I mean, if they did some sort of like, I don't know, Seven Samurai type mm-hmm. Jedi movie. I'm sure people would come in droves just to see that. So, I, I mean, it, it's interesting for me to hear people's reactions where they want to completely turn away from from the movie because of the old cast sort of passing the, the torch or passing the baton. Mm-hmm. Uh, because ultimately that's what needed to happen anyways. I mean, that yeah. had to be set up from the beginning. So it's like, it was it the the way that Luke Skywalker was handled that, you know, is giving your friend second thoughts about the, it, you for know, him the it's more so just about the fact that like, you know, it, a lot of the themes that he liked about the original trilogy seemed to like, you know, Ryan sort of demystified certain things and he, and he sort of, he tried to ground the story and make it a little more allegorical and a little more like, you know, he, he tried, he shifted the overall sort of tone and he kind of pulled the rug out from certain things that that some Star Wars fans are very uh-huh. precious about. I, 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 I agree I, with you. The, 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 the fact that he introduced midi chlorians was just blasphemy. <laughs> George Lucas, I know, I hate uh, that. By the way, yeah. but no, like, I mean, no I, prequels. I, but no prequels. No, but no, no, no. But but first of all, the, the bloodline stuff. There's there's references to midi chlorians. Yes. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying that the the yeah. the absolute the toxic absolutist of the original trilogy yeah. hated the prequels, hated the special editions. Like Rogue One and Force Awakens because it was nostalgic enough. Hated the Last Jedi. It's like you guys like four movies out of the series. Let's face it. Now there are a lot of people that I know that didn't like this film that love a lot of the movies, including the prequels. It, there's, it's. But listen, yeah. Star Wars fans are fickle AF. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's that's been but Star Wars from day one, it man. Has been, just, it has been. It has been. But yeah. this has been. It maybe not percentage wise, but this is the biggest difference between movies. And it, my, is, it, and it it is because it's a two billion dollar jugger. It's the most successful movie ever. I know, like, but, like that's but, a crazy barometer. But something man. I brought up the other day, though, you know, and Aaron saw. I don't think I don't know if you saw. You were going into your meeting, which, by the way, how did that go, Rick? Did you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say this uh, for those listening that I'm in North Texas, the city of McKinney. I'm trying to get a bar in. Uh, we're only open till get, midnight. Get this man a bar. Panel of uh, city council people of eight voted unanimously to let bars be open until two. Otherwise, I won't sign an LOI, certainly not a lease. Whoa, they did. They're it. supposed to sign it as a city ordinance next week. If they do that, then I'm going to hopefully be signing a new lease for a new bar here soon. Very so thank cool. you for asking. Yeah. I'm basically yeah. picturing you in, a, in, a, in an episode of Parks and Rec. But um, <laughs> all I, right. Yeah, you guys have to come to Dallas. We'll go to my other bar and just, you know, let's. Yes. You, need, you guys need to get here. Anyway, All right. Moving well, on. Well, moving well, on. What moving I was on, saying on. when you were in that meeting, though, is, you know, sometimes with these things that, that are these cultural moments and that do incredible numbers and more, you know, and then they establish these benchmarks, you know, it you are able to make lightning strike twice sometimes. 
You know, like, you know, and I brought up the Avengers. You know, the Avengers came out. I think it did like 1.5 bill. And and that was a big deal. Like, that was a cultural moment that happened. Everyone was excited about it. You know, the MCU was like the hottest thing at that moment. And I remember, like, I saw it three times in theaters. It was this big thing. Then a couple years later, Age of Ultron came back. It came out. And it also made like 1.4 bill. Practically, you know, almost identical in the box office range. So it is possible to have lightning strike twice where something does extraordinarily well and then Mm. you go back to that well and you do it again. Let's talk about let's let's talk about that bolt of lightning though, because those numbers you just gave are essentially what the Last Jedi is doing mm-hmm. one point three one point four. Yes, and how many Avengers films at that point had had there been? How many? Had, oh. Two. Well, but two. In Marvel this is the films, this is the Marvel films. These were the fifth and tenth movies in a franchise, and they were pulling in those kind of numbers. The Avengers and it is, is its own thing. <laughs> Star Wars. This was the ninth movie. And it did those kind of numbers. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard. But listen, we can go around and around yes, this all day. Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and listen, but but you know what, Mario? At the end of the day, all the joking, all the banter and everything, there, there is one thing that will uh, – it's not even a debate necessarily, but there's – there you, you have addressed this. All that really matters, and I don't know. Aaron doesn't know. Mario, you have more connections than I do uh, industry-wise in terms of this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Maybe you do know. I don't know. Um, is what were – they the expected. expectations, yeah. yeah. What did they expect? I don't know. And and if the and if that answer is one point five, one point six, then yeah, this thing did underperform. Period. End of the end yeah. of story. If yeah. if if I want my bar on a Friday night to do twenty grand, it does fifteen. Fifteen grand's a great night. But you know what? Did do what I wanted it to do. Yeah. Right. And that, right. That's that. You, I have to think about it. And I always give restaurant analogies. I'm sorry, it's yeah. in my blood. But it's just that's that is a fact. And so I don't know what that answer is. And so. But, you know, this Collider, going back to this Collider video, I, I mentioned 15 minutes ago, it's, it's new. <laughs> it's new. And, 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 and Ryan Johnson is there. And, of course, he's going to sell Blu-rays. And, by the way, I think that's going to be another parameter to all this with that's The Last right. Jedi is yeah. does, does the, you know, Blu-rays uh, sell. video sales, yeah. Yeah. Right? Do they suffer, or do you look up? I mean, look at Batman v Superman. It, it, it underperformed, but then it was like the biggest selling Blu-ray ever, or whatever. Yeah. You know, so things happen. But, um, but, but, but Ryan Johnson is out there uh, talking about Blu-ray in the film, and and, mm-hmm. and 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 he's not even he doesn't wait to be asked. He proactively talks about his new trilogy, and so yeah. Well, listen, I yeah. I'm not saying it's not happening, but I'm just saying like it's on shakier ground, though. I think again, it depends on what how how they metabolize all this stuff, and we've right, already sort of right. beat that horse to the ground, right? But the, what the <clears throat> before before we kind of jump off of this yeah. topic, the the one thing I wanted to to kind of think of have us think about is I know that they're talking about series, um, but if we if we sort of think about where movies are starting to pop up, not only in the cinemas, uh, but on Netflix, mm. um, could, could the new, um, I'm sorry, Benoff and Weiss, um, series be for their streaming service. That's interesting. I mean, that would be one heck of an incentive to get that app. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop Netflix in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. But, I mean, but, that, and, and, that, and that who knows an where Ryan idea. Johnson's, where Ryan Johnson's trilogy might live. Yeah, that's true. There are different mediums. There are, you know, so there is, there is the chance of that, but uh, just on a sort of geekier level, I mean, I should say like, I'm a real dork. I get fascinated by the strangest little subplots 
And right now, one of the other subplots in what we're discussing here is how Kathleen Kennedy uses whatever it is she's learned from The Last Jedi while giving, like, and how she applies that to J.J. Abrams with Episode Nine. Like, in other words... There's there 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 have been reports that with episode seven she like Lucasfilm requested a sort of nostalgic movie they wanted Abrams to sort of do something a movie, a movie that was more of a love story to the original trilogy because they knew that's how they can get fans back. Then there's also a theory that for episode eight they said Ryan go you know, we we want you to go and explore and enjoy and uh, you know new fertile ground. If they deem that they're not that happy with the impact that that had, that episode eight had, does that then make them go to JJ now and go, okay, we need you to end this with another super nostalgia fest. Or if they're happy, then they'll tell him continue to forge new ground. I mean, like that, I'm curious about that conversation, depending on how she feels about last Jedi, what is she telling Abrams? She'd like him to do with episode nine. May I just say this first, and this is goes to answer that, to launch my answer to that question, and to also kind of go back to um, your friend that sort of lost interest because now everybody's dead. Let's also keep in mind that Carrie Fisher was, uh, and I, I don't mean that facetious, that's what he said, and I understand yeah. that. Han Solo, Luke Skywalker are dead. Unfortunately, Carrie Fisher, rest her right. soul, has passed. Therefore, Leia is dead. Um, but here's the thing, is that they they. F- finished that movie uh, in, for, in, in terms of principal photography while she was still alive. They did not want to go and change her performance whatsoever, okay? Mm-hmm. So so I'm glad they didn't, right? But she was supposed to play an integral part yeah. of episode nine. So just every, I want everybody to remember that. Like, It's not like Ryan Johnson just said, you know, F the original cast. Let's move on. I mean, I think Luke was always going to be a force ghost, and then, and then Leia was always going to ha- kind of have her day in episode nine. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's mm-hmm. not going to happen, right? So... There's that. And then what we have to say is, obviously, is that Luke is going to be in the film. Uh, they're going to have to honor Leia. They're, they're you know, whatever. I, I said way back when, when, when Harrison Ford agreed to do episode seven, I had friends say, what do you think about that? I'm like, what do I think about that? He's going to die. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. You, talk, he, he, you brought yeah. that up the first time it was the three of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's going to die. He wanted to kill him. You know, it's, I don't think he hates uh, Han Solo. I think he wanted to, him to die because he loves him. Quite, quite frankly, <laughs> like have him go on a high note before he wears out. His right, 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 right. I mean, you know, you go out like, look, that before last he line, lives I, long enough to become Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, I love. <laughs> I know. Hey, listen, I've said this also, and I said this on the podcast <clears throat> uh, the other day. I did on the solo trailer is that I think Aaron, tell me, do you agree with this? You're a Star Wars nerd like me, man. I, I think Han Solo was more Han Solo and The Force Awakens than he even was in Return of the Jedi. You know what I mean by I, that? I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah, totally. I agree 100% with that. So let's also keep that in mind, too, as we're looking at Episode Nine and what Ryan Johnson's going to do or what J.J. is going to do. J.J. is a kind of a nostalgia guy, right? They brought him in. I don't think that he was brought in because, oh, my God, we think that Episode Eight's going to suck or yeah, be no, weird. no, absolutely not. I, I, think, I think they brought him in. I think a lot of it had to do, if I just had to guess – is that because um, I had I had a lot of connections and inside information on Justice League. I have zeros nothing on this. This is just me as a fan yeah. speculation, right? Um, is that I think that after Carrie Fisher's death, I think that was a catalyst for a lot of change. And mm-hmm. I think well, and what's the gentleman's name that was? I'm so sorry. What was Colin his name? Trevorrow. Thank you. Uh, you Jurassic Park guy. Yeah, I think that once all that happened, it was pretty apparent that they had to 
probably bring the guy back that not only started this new franchise, but quite frankly, was personal friends for many years of Carrie. And right. and to personalize that, it took someone that knew her. And I don't know that for sure, but I'm just that's I just call that an educational, edu- educated, specu- speculative statement. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the other interesting piece of this is if, and I was listening to some interviews from Ryan Johnson talk about the the sort of process uh, on Slash Film. Um, they have a podcast. And he was mentioning that he was being sent, while he was writing uh, the treatment for uh, uh, The Last Jedi, he was getting dailies from uh, J.J., so I wonder how um, how much how involved JJ's already been uh, behind the scenes in terms of mm. of writing episode nine. Um, if that was I mean, the he process came on fairly late in the process, you know, if you think about it, because Ryan the release rap- came out. The release came out fairly late in the process. We right, don't know good, how because no, Colin Trevorrow. I mean, hadn't he? Uh, he had been publicly fired maybe two or three weeks prior. Unless you think that they delayed all that. Well, I think I think what Aaron is saying, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, is that yes, that was the public announcement, but how yeah. long had he because I'm gonna go back to Justice League. Right. I know yeah. I knew way back when that Josh was there long before that was announced right. with, yeah. with Zach. It's probably something I got maybe you. simpler. I got yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a chance he's had his hand you know, he was uh, hands on with all this. Um yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's, a, there's a lot of reasons to think that. I, I'm just curious which way he's going to go with it, you know, if he's thinking I should try to make this something that's more of a love letter that's like a nostalgic capper to the Skywalker saga but, to end it, you know, that way. Or is he want to try to like, all right, let's continue down Johnson's path and, and end on a... And by the way, how do you end after this? Like, episode eight felt like an ending already. How, how that, are they going to develop and conclude another interesting thing in just one movie. I don't know. I'm, I'm well, you, 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 you know what? I, it, it did, and, I, and I, I would love to hear Aaron's response to what I'm about to say. This is kind of a, a, a lot of things that I've, I've heard from interviews with, with Ryan Johnson. Mario, you're right, man. The, you know, I went to a press screening. Uh, I, you, know, you and I talked that night, yeah. in fact. I, and, and the last that I ends, so I'm like, Broom Boy, that's basically like Jake Lloyd 2.0. Yeah. Uh, holding a broom, like what? What the f is this? Well, then you realize is that what he's representing is Luke inspires again, and so and that and like those kids are playing with Luke dolls just like we did as kids. Yeah, and that's part of what his whole purpose was is that he was the spark mm-hmm. that that will ultimately take the first order down. All that, and all, and that's what I'm saying. All that stuff is symbolic and beautiful. But to your point of in terms of where does it go? Well, here's the thing. W- one argument can be made is this. Well, if JJ, if they decide to say things didn't work in the last Jedi, fans were pissed off. Guess what? We're going to make Ray a Skywalker. We're going to give this backstory to Snoke, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Right now they, they may do that, but I'm of the opinion if they do, it doesn't necessarily mean it's like retroactively trying to correct the last Jedi. Because if you listen to Ryan Johnson and Aaron, tell me if you've heard this. And, you know, I was disappointed the first time I saw it that Ray's parents were nobodies. I remember going, oh, man, I wanted her to be like Obi-Wan Kenobi's mm-hmm. bastard half-niece granddaughter's cousin <laughs> or whatever, you know? And and because and, yeah, you just do. You get it wrapped up in that because, you know what, Star Wars has kind of spoiled you because Vader's been Luke's father. But... Right. um but what what Ryan Johnson said about that scene 
is that it's not about necessarily, is this really who her parents are? That's up to JJ and Chris Terrio, whatever. It was that what's the heart? He, he said the correlation between that moment that Kylo says to her, you know who your parents are, right? Is exactly the same as Luke. When, it's, when, when Vader tells him, and, I'm, and as I'm listening to the interview, I'm going, what is he talking about? No, it's not. It's nothing to do. And actually, what he said, it blew, me, blew my mind. And this is what he said. What was the hardest thing for Luke to hear at that moment? Yeah. The mm-hmm. hardest thing was that he, to hear that this menace, this savage bastard is his father. Yeah. What's the what's the hardest thing? What what was the hardest thing for Ray to hear in that moment where she had to be somebody? Yeah. She had to be part of something was that she was nobody and came yeah. from nothing. And that right. and I'm going, "Holy shit." Yeah. He's that that's and, and, and when you get yeah. past the fandom, when you get past the expectations and all the speculation, let that sink in. That's powerful, man. It is. And that, it is. It, 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 but that doesn't mean that her Dad's not Han, uh, Han Solo. Yeah, well, it's well, just well, what, what she well, had to hear thing, in that, Johnson, that moment. Johnson did say, though, like while he has acknowledged that Abrams, that JJ can fix that, he has said that Kylo meant it. That like when he said yeah, that, he's yeah. not just trying to mess with her. Because what you're saying, Rick, sounds like what a lot of people have said. Oh, that's how they know. can explain it. He, or he, or said, he might not know. But wait. Johnson said that Kylo actually, like, he believes that. He, like, apparently he's not just playing mind games and trying to make her feel worthless. You know, Ben right. Solo actually knows that to be the truth. That is his but, truth. But isn't right. that even, even that, isn't that even more intriguing? Mm. That he, he, that even he doesn't know? And I'm not saying that they yeah. will. What I'll, My point is this, is that if by chance J.J. makes her parents more of a lineage thing, I'm just saying that I don't think that's necessarily because of a quote-unquote negative reaction from The Last Jedi. Yeah. I'm saying that what Ryan did in The Last Jedi worked for that moment just like it worked for Luke. Now, regardless if they carry on with that as a fact or that was just in that moment, it's almost irrelevant. Well, I, think, so, you know what? Uh, I, I just thought of something. Hey, I'm sorry, I, I got to cut in with this because I have the two of you here who are the biggest Last Jedi cheerleaders I know. How would you guys feel if Abrams basically walks back a bunch of what Johnson did? I just, it just, this just occurred to me now. I'm, I'm, you know? I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to turn that over to Aaron because I just answered that for me. I don't think that that is walking back, Aaron. Please. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm saying I mean, you it, find it, out that you know, he gives Ray a, like a Skywalker or a Kenobi parentage. It, he suddenly it, brings back the you know the the Knights of Ren, and he brings back Snoke or gives him the full backstory. Like suddenly he he kind of goes back and undoes all the different things Johnson tried to do. Look, do don't, I mean don't don't get me wrong. I don't think we're I don't think we've seen the last of the the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Um. Uh. And at this point, I mean, I, I'm literally going into Star Wars with zero expectations of like where I think the story is going to go. But if you were to walk back uh, her lineage, I don't really think it matters because okay. the the point and, and this is going, you know, going back to what Rick was saying, the point was already made for her. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter to her anymore. She has to rely on herself. She ultimately has to look within to become the hero. And that's where that whole uh, her seeing herself in, you know, in the mirror, the mirror scene, the cave scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's ultimately what it was alluding to is that it, it, it doesn't matter. And, and I actually think that if he were, if JJ were to do it, it, it 
one, it doesn't matter, but two, it kind of deflates the weight of that a bit. Um, but it's not going to like, I don't think it's going to change how I feel about that particular scene in the movie or, okay. I guess or I'm just trying to see how, movies. like, you know, like w- w- where you're at with your fandoms in terms of, I guess, cause you guys are so in love with, with, with what Ryan Johnson did with last Jedi. So I'm just curious, like what that would do for you if Abrams like kind of like shakes the etch a sketch a little bit, <laughs> you know, and, and kind of yeah. like, all right, you know, the, cause right. in a lot of ways it feels like episode eight did that to episode seven. If it, nine does that to eight, and believe me, that the whole the whole thing is a is a freaking crapshoot because if you think about Empire Strikes Back, Leia kisses Luke, and then we find yeah. out in Return of the Jedi that they're siblings. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. and they just do an extra foil, and they just for the hell of it, yeah. Lucas. But I mean, who knows? I mean, are you guys at all disconcerted by the fact that this trilogy wasn't sort of seemingly mapped out from the beginning? That they do seem to, there seems to be a certain element of winging it from episode to episode. Does that bug I, you out at all? I think I think that when people say winging it, I mean, I'm, I think I'm I, being a little, you know, but no, no, no. But people, but, but people say it a lot, and yeah. I, and I think, and I, and, I, and all of a sudden, my my mind just goes to Kathleen Kennedy going, "Get the f out of here." Look, keep in mind, yeah. I'm a I'm a huge George Lucas fan. Yeah, and um, even though um, I don't I, I don't think he should have directed the prequels. Um, Although episode three is a pretty perfect Star Wars movie for me. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't have written the prequels. But, but he shouldn't have, right. <laughs> he should have had more support with episodes one and two, especially, right? He should but have just been the outline yeah. guy. Let him make the outline, Ooh. but hire someone yeah. else to actually. Re- re- regardless of all that, George Lucas is a genius. Without him, none yes. of this would be here. Correct. What is the last gift he gave us? He gave us. Willow. Oh. Uh, yeah, okay. Red Tails. <laughs> uh, Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kathleen I lo- Kennedy. I love Kathleen Kennedy. Okay. That was, he he hand-selected her. That's yes. Yeah. Right? And so, uh, and right now she's, you know, for me personally, she's three for three. And so I have yeah. a lot of goodwill. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. I mean, even with the latest announcements and the direction uh, to remove Lord and Miller, to see what we've gotten so far from Solo, uh you know, and even with the marketing material, you know, in my video, I was talking about all, all of the marketing kind of coming late. I, I, I think there's a rhyme and reason behind it, without a doubt. Um, I don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that movie, because I, 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 I agree. I think there are elements of Solo that that are speaking to a younger generation. Um, and th- this may be another pivot for Star Wars to say, sorry, older fans. This is not Harrison Ford playing Han Solo, um, and yeah. you got to deal with it. And if you check out, then you check out. But but ultimately, we're going to have a whole bunch of younger fans that are going to fill your places and buy all those toys and merchandise and all that yeah, shit. Yeah, I just have I, I have this weird block, and I know it makes me seem very like I don't know, um, like petty or, or whatever the whatever word you want to use. Hateful. Yeah, I, it makes me a hater. But no, like <laughs> I have this block where it's like I cannot accept this Han because like, okay, if, if it was, if this was like a reboot and, and this is now like, this is like what happened with uh, JJ Abrams, Star Trek, where now it's like, we're going, we're going down a different timeline and this is a total different sort of alternate world. Then I would be like, all right, fine. Let's, let, let's see what he does with the role. This is exciting to see someone else take on Indiana Jones. I mean, I, and I was, I, I jumped to Indiana Jones cause like, um, I meant to say, sorry, 
like when you when you see a, when you meet a new Bond, when a new Bond actor suddenly comes on the on the scene, you want to see oh, I want to see how Daniel Craig plays him. Oh, I want to see how Pierce Brosnan plays him. So I would have that with Han Solo if this was a brand new, fresh take. But the fact that this is all in canon, all in continuity, and he's only a couple of years younger than the Han Solo we already know, to me, it's like. I don't want to see you make it your own because you're supposed to be the very same Han I met in Episode Four. Well, let me you know ask I mean? you like this. that throws well, me off. Well, first of all, we don't we don't know exactly how many years, but come on, man, did Danny Glover's pimp ass, badass, sexy mother effort <laughs> uh, Lando stand in there? That once you accept that he's Lando, don't you just kind of like say, all right, it all sort of falls into but, place. But here's the but, thing, but like I, it still gives me that same internal conflict because on one hand, oh, yeah, I want to see what Donald Glover does with Lando. This is awesome. But my thing is, this is supposed to be the same. This is the younger version of Billy D's Lando. Yeah, like do you understand what I mean? But, like it's hard well, well, for me so, to make so, that jump. How, how do you how do you feel about Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan? To me, though, the fact that he's so much younger allows right, you so, to take that imaginary leap. Okay, does it? Because look at Episode Three, where there's about an 18 year swing, and quite frankly, he still looks 30 years younger. Yeah, right. just I mean that, that's just yeah. I mean that's just you know. That's like a plot hole, basically, because how does he go from being the way he <laughs> well, is in episode three I mean, I, to being that's an semant- old that's semantics, hermit? Right? You but, can see it's all a plot hole, right? But, no. but here's Listen, the thing, and go ahead, Aaron. Sorry, I, and I and I brought this up about the Last Jedi in my video. The how can we quantify or justify uh, a change in someone's character from like years? You know what I'm saying? So, and what I mean by that is, I don't. I'm not expecting to get the same Han Solo that we see in New Hope. I'm, I'm expecting someone who's like green, who's like doesn't give a shit, um, you know, so, someone who's maybe a lot edgier than we first meet Han Solo. Like, and, that, and that's the thing about, you know, going back to Last Jedi, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't did never expected Luke Skywalker to be the same hero we end up with mm-hmm. at Return of the Jedi. Right. There has to be some, but sort there's of like evolution. a thirty year gap there. This Han right. Solo's in his late twenties. The Han Solo we met was like thirty six or thirty seven. So, th- how much happens uh, in those eight years, Mario? What happened to you <laughs> in those eight years? But I still talk and look. I mean, I'm a little fatter now, but I still talk and act a lot the same way. He's not going to do an impression of of Harrison Ford but playing. See, I don't know, but like, but like, it's not about uh, an impression, but try to capture his essence. Like, I, I kind of felt. Like since Rick brought up you and McGregor, I felt like McGregor tried to sort of mimic Alec Guinness at times. Sometimes with his inflections and his rhythms, and you know he tried to sound more British as opposed to I believe he's Scottish. Like you know he he tried to capture Alec Guinness's essence. And you so, say that after three films, yeah, you know, and twenty years later, come on, man, listen. I think I think I think the moment where he says. Um, and I, first of all, I like the Super Bowl trailer better. Uh, I know he's it just it was more intriguing. Yeah, and then yeah. that there's a line in John Campia. I want I want to quote or, or reference John Campia because I don't want someone to hear this. And go, Rick stole that from Campia. <laughs> I I got it from Campia and I, I agree with him. So I'm going to echo it is that he says uh, uh, Han says in the first trailer that, uh, you know, I want to be a pilot. 
Now that that line is in context when he's talking to the imperial, you know, gatekeeper yeah. or whatever. And, and he says, you know, what are you here for? What do you want to do? He's like, I want to be a pilot. Well, in the second trailer, because essentially there's two trailers. It's not like yeah. a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a teaser. He yeah. says, I want to be a pilot. And Gambia also says, Does that not sound an awful lot like Anakin in episode one? I want to be a pilot. And I'm like, yeah, it does. All in context, right? So I think that we have to my point is there's very, very little to really go off of, but there's a line at the very end where he says, Hey, we're fine. Guess what? We're going to be fine. And yeah. at first I, I it, yeah, Did it didn't make you think first. about in episode four when he's with the mic, everything's fine. Yeah. How are you? Yes. We're all good here. How are you? And that's great. You know what? The, <laughs> the same, the same way it made me think. Uh, the, I the, thought the, of that too. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. in one of my favorite scenes in the prequels is the guy from Jackass trying to sell Obi-Wan some blow, you know, he's like, <laughs> One about one about one about some death sticks. I always call it bluff. Oh. It's like it's like you know, it's like you know about you want to go home and rethink your life. That's that is right. I, I look at that as the same way. It's a throwback and it's like and it works. And look, this this guy is not going to look. Nobody's going to look like Harrison or Alan. Well, Harrison. there are guys out there who do. God darn it! But that yeah, but yeah, dad gummit. But 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 here, dad gummit. But is he going? Listen, all what he needs to do, and I don't know, guys. I don't. I don't know if this film's going to work or not. What I do know is it looks fun, and my and and, and I've let my my cynicism down because it's it's coming out. I wasn't a cheerleader for it when they announced it. It's here, and they're three th- uh, three four three for me. It's so mm-hmm. a lot of goodwill moving me forward. Yeah. And quite frankly, <clears throat> the dude is, I think he's making it his own. Now we'll see. Maybe and, it sucks. And, and, and that's the and, thing. I think he is. And, and there's the part of me that, again, that's happy to see that. But that is at direct war with the part of me that's like, but this is supposed to be the same Han. This isn't a reboot. This is the same Han. How can he seem so different? How can I root for this guy to make it his own if it's not his? Well, I, and, and you know what? <laughs> I, I would love. First of all, you're both of you at this point. By the way, on my bucket list to meet maybe this year, and and I'm going to be in I'm going to be in New York. Well, we're um, both in New York. Let's and oh, I'm going yeah. to be in New York at least. At, I, I, my trip's already booked. I'm going to be there in December. I'll send you guys privately my dates, but um, I'm hoping I'll I'll be there before then. But regardless, nice. this is happening. I'll, yeah, yeah. No, you guys are going to meet. We're meeting in in, in December. <laughs> I'm going to be there for five days with my. Wife. <laughs> Kids and you guys are going to come meet us for drinks we'll or kidnap you or star yeah. or sports film. Right, right, right. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to stay at the Surrey hotel over in, uh, by central park. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but, uh, but, but anyway, uh, blah, 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 blah. but my point is this, is that we don't know. And this was a movie I'd love to see with you. And, uh, maybe I can get up to New York in May. I don't know. I, th- this is a film that I think that, you know, it's going to be sandwiched between uh, Avengers, which I think is going to be freaking awesome, yep. and Deadpool 2, which I think is going to be freaking awesome. And, I, you know, and, and, and is this going to do a, a billion? I don't think so. I really don't. Yeah, I don't I, think so. But I, I think no. that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, it do doesn't have to. No, do yeah. 700, 800, right? <clears throat> it's all it needs to do. And I think it'll do that. I really do. Uh, worldwide, I think it'll do 700, 800. And I think it's going to – I really have confidence that people are going to walk away from this and go – uh, wow, that was a lot of fun, like, man. <laughs> so, in other words, you think that this is going to pull off a Justice League couldn't, in terms of actually coming out of a development hell and turning out to be not a Frankenstein monster, but a good movie. Well, there's yes, no mustache. Maybe. Well, there, it, it, that that movie was a Frankenstein monster, and I knew way too much about that. knew too much about the script. Knew, yeah, uh, no, the, I, uh, I know, but 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 you know you know the first thing 
is that they're like, all Joss is doing is coming in and covering and, and, yeah. and finishing Zach's vision. What Lucasfilm was saying is that we fired those MFers because this thing sucks. We brought in Ron Howard. This yeah. is a Ron Howard movie, right? That That's not what they're doing. That's not what they did with Justice League. They, they literally try to make that a hybrid. Yeah, and yeah. that's that movie was probably based on everything I know. I put five grand on it right now. I bet that movie is close to fifty fifty, on in terms of director, <laughs> scene to scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that the I think that Solo is probably seventy five eighty percent of Ron non action yeah. non action scenes are probably forty percent Ron action scenes. They probably didn't reshoot every action scene, but I think this is a Ron Howard movie. But like, and, but, but while we're talking like PR and spin. I will say that I I had Justice League deja vu with some with some comments Donald Glover made recently. There was some interview where they asked what it was like to have Ron Howard come on board and you know it made me think about what yeah. happened. No, but and what he said was like, "Oh yeah, he didn't make us change anything. He just told us to keep doing what we're doing." And I'm like, "Well, if what you if what you were doing was working, then they wouldn't have fired Lord and Miller." You know what I mean? Like, listen, I get it. He's doing his job. He can't say that, like, oh, yeah, he totally revamped the whole movie. But I did get that little hint of that Justice League, like, oh, they're totally trying to bullshit us, you know, and act like, oh, this was just a minor thing. Yeah, he just came in and he just, we just, we just did what we were doing. Like, no, that's, if that were true, he would have just done the final two weeks of principal photography and that mm-hmm. would have been it. He shot for like three months. And we know that it's because, you know, they wanted someone with his sensibility over what Lord Miller did. So just, I just bring it up because Glover's remarks were like, here we go again with like, they're trying to go, no, nothing to see here. Ignore the smoke and the fire behind me. Right. Everything's fine. Well, I mean, listen, they are being hired by a studio. They have to, they can't, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a balancing act with, with Lucasfilm. It's like, they can't just say, everything yeah everything just sucked and ron howard yeah. brought in but at the same time it's like well obviously it sucked because yeah. get rid of him. Well, look, listen when I, when I when i when i watched when, when i watched uh uh justice league now granted i knew basically every freaking scene before i saw the movie okay i did and so there's that's a big confession how do you know a, that was a batman original authoritative I, I, how do, how do you know that was a Batman on film connection? I'm just saying that I just freaking knew. I knew. I, I knew. I knew you a lot about some guy at your bar who knew. You know, who said he worked on the movie. Um, I have. Listen, there's a, there's some things I know that uh, don't actually come from Batman on film connections. All right. Come on. All right. Listen, Mario, 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 Mario. You've been around a long time. Dude. Yeah. You know this. You, you, know you this meet works. people. You meet. You shake hands. You make friends. You take cards. <laughs> you, know, you send emails. You know. You know, some some of these crazy bastards trust me from back in my acting days, and they're like wow. studio wow. execs. So they're right, you know that, you know how that works. But anyway, yes. my point is this: regardless, when I watch Justice League, uh-huh. I can I can tell and say that's a Snyder's uh, shot. Yeah, you Ooh, can that's see the, Yeah, absolutely. I don't think that we're gonna see that in this film. Well, I think you this know, is gonna be. A- and you know what? What gives me confidence, and what should really give anyone who's listening to this confidence, they already did this once. Because Rogue oh, One yeah. was that sort of situation. Rogue right. One, you know, they they reshot nearly half the movie. The Tony Gilroy took over from Gareth Edwards, and he wrote and directed new scenes. And meanwhile, Rogue One, you know, say what you will about whether or not you loved the movie or not, but it felt like a cohesive film. It oh, felt it, like it's a complete film. It's a complete, a, film. a complete and film. And meanwhile, yeah. that had its own you know post production trials and tribulations that really mirrored Justice League in a lot of ways, but they yeah. pulled it off. 
And we got a lot of that same talk too from like Riz Ahmed and everyone else talking about it's great. Yeah, no, what what are we talking about? It's gonna be But what 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 salvaged him though, honestly, was that it was his idea and and, and correct me if I'm wrong, as I think, but wasn't it uh, his idea to do the Vader scene at the end? Which him are you referring to? Uh, Gareth Edwards. You know, that that was his call, but I think he depicted it differently. I think I've read somewhere where, like, he had it happen and, I don't know, just somehow it it played out a little differently in his version. Okay. Well, well, my point point is this, is that... Yeah, the fact that he brought Vader in, that was the big Hail Mary pass. Right, right, right. It worked. It landed. And it worked. Hey, listen, (laughs) I love Rogue One, but let's let's imagine Rogue One without that that last Vader scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of yeah. like saying, imagine, you know, Forrest Gump without the Vietnam scene. I, I mean, I, I yeah. don't want to... Well, what about... Still, do you, well, what do you about, think we'll get a Vader in Han Solo? Well, that's the thing I was about to bring. You read my mm-hmm. mind. You've been listening to the El Fanboy podcast for too long, Aaron. <laughs> We're on the same wavelength. But yes, uh, he is supposed to be in, in Solo. Like, I, I can almost... I can't... I don't have it in front of me now. But I remember reading, like, you know, the, the actor who played him in Rogue One is there, and somewhere along the way it pretty much got confirmed that there's going to be a Vader appearance. And that's where I start getting like, oh, no, let's not, you know, let's not keep going to the well till there's nothing left. You know, that, that that's what made Rogue One special. If he's just going to pop up in all these Star Wars story movies, it's just, it becomes a gimmick. It becomes less special. Well, I want him in the Obi-Wan film. Do you and know, no, a- listen, no, that... Yeah, go on with but, how you want that to play out because you brought that up on Twitter and I loved it. Let, let, let the listeners hear it. Well, there's a there's a great scene at the end, towards the end of the uh, Return of the Jedi where uh, Vader is bringing the they're uh, bringing Luke to the Emperor or whatnot, and they're on the uh, elevator, which obviously mirrors uh, a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff between Kylo and Rey and the Last Jedi. I mean, anyway, and he says, you know, there's still good in you, Father. I felt it, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and Vader says. You know, Obi-Wan once thought the way you do. And right there, you say to yourself, did he? When? When did that happen? So my my theory is if they're going to do an Obi-Wan movie There's that, another takes, meeting. that takes place between three and four, there could be another meeting. And I'm not trying to overthink it. That is like a, that's true dialogue. And look, again, let's just keep in mind. Rogue One is a film based on literally one line of the crawl of A New Hope. Yeah. So so they can take that, and that's significant when you think back on, because the way we see it now is Anakin and Obi-Wan fought in Sith on Mustafar, which was genius, and then they, they, then they uh, had a rematch, so to speak, and A New Hope uh, 20 years later. Well, according to The Last Jedi, there, there's something else in between, and, and, and nothing takes away from that. Even the line in The New Hope, and he says, last time we met, I was just the beginner. Now I am the master. Now, now, now I am the master. That doesn't change them meeting for another time. That yeah. still can be, right? And so, mm-hmm. right, I think there can be that. Now, in terms of, of like, in terms of Vader and, and Solo, so I did a Batman on Film podcast the other day with Paul Herman and Ryan Haas, and it was great. But I, I went down a prediction line, and I said... Yes or no, are these individuals or these events going to happen in Solo? And one of them was, is Vader going to be in Solo? Is Boba Fett? Is Maz? Is a Force Ghost? Is the word Jedi? Is Right? And we went down this list, and it was kind of like, ah! And I don't, I just don't know. I don't know. And I don't yeah. know, if, is it necessary? Now, I want Jabba the Hutt to be in it. I want Boba Fett to be in it. Yeah. There's a place, but is there, is there a place for Vader in this movie? 
There has to be. There has to be. There has to be, but uh, I I I hope it doesn't feel forced. I totally, I I know where you're coming from on it because it, you know, it's like, you know, Superman popping up in Shazam. Um, (laughs) It feels like a quick cameo. but, But if you think about it, he is the Empire's enforcer. And if. That, and he pops up in different parts, you know. Yes. Like, I think we talked on the last podcast. He, he pops up in certain books. He's popped up in uh, Star Wars Rebels. Yes, he makes his presence uh, felt. Right. So if it's, you know, if it's something something along those lines, I definitely don't want to see him wield a lightsaber and or any of that. And who who knows? Yeah. Uh, he, you know, if they're talking about doing a job and it's something against the Empire or whatever, and he has to go and he's deployed to kind of figure it out, and he ends up killing the whole crew with with the exception of Han <laughs> and oh, Chewie, God. and they don't see it happen, but he does it anyways. Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know, but but you know, Rick, know. you brought up something there though that you you got me thinking again because. If that happens, if in the Kenobi movie they work in another epic confrontation between Vader and an Obi Wan, in Anakin and Obi Wan, you know, in a way that film would enhance what we've seen in the original trilogy. Like it would add extra heft to those moments, right? Sure. Just like Rogue One, in certain ways, enhances a New Hope. Now, you know, now when I watch a New Hope, I think about what what Rogue One did to make this happen, and the fact. That that crazy weakness that the Death Star has, with that open ventilator shaft and the way you know the, and the way it explodes, mm-hmm. that's because mm-hmm. of what um, you know. What's his name? Uh, Mad Mad Mickelson's character did that on purpose oh. to help the rebellion win. Yeah, so in certain ways, Rogue One enhances what you know what we saw. That Kenobi mm-hmm. thing would enhance. That's why I don't want this solo movie to distract from what's come before. Or well, I think, I, mean? I, think, like, I think, I think, I think, go ahead, Aaron, go ahead, please. No, no, I wasn't going to say anything. Well, I, I, okay, I was going to say this, and, and I addressed this on the, uh, the, the podcast the, the other day, and, and you and I are on the same page, is that the brilliance of some of these films is they are retroactively enriching films that came before it. Yeah. I would, ar- I would argue also that Rogue One certainly enriches A New Hope, no question, no doubt. In my personal, humble opinion, it also enriches Revenge of the Sith in a big way, in fact. And the reason that it does, first of all, Jimmy Smith is there. That is a good tie-in. Yeah. But it's not, it's not just that. What what happens at the end of episode three? Where is Anakin? Where is he f- geographically? Oh yeah, yeah. What happens to him? Yeah, he's on he's on Mustafar. Right. His friend, his best friend, his brother butchers him to death. He basically kills his wife. Where is he at in Rogue One? Yeah, Mustafar. Yeah. Mustafar, yeah. Hanging out, chilling. That's where he's decided to have this self-deprecating torture it's freaking awesome yeah right yeah i think that i think that there's going to be a lot of the stuff with the dice and i don't want it to be too on the nose or overplayed but i think some of the stuff they'll do with the dice will enhance um the last jedi i hope so i think when you think of some scenes in empire between when you first see uh han and and uh and lando meet and some of the conversations they have your ship it's my ship i want it fair and square Guess what? We're going to see that. And that's awesome if they pull it off. If they pull it off. Oh, you know, and to me, this is also just a departure. My, my last knock on uh, not, not even a knock, but like my last <laughs> reservation about Solo 
is that like this is a departure from from how they've handled things in the past. In ge- it, typically, Star Wars goes through like painstaking efforts to make sure that everyone looks and acts the same. If you think about like what what's the name of that woman who was in the command center in Rogue One who looks like the same actress who played um, her in uh, yeah the original trilogy, uh, Mon, Mon Mothma. Yeah. Mon Mon yeah, and, well, and here's a, here's something interesting about her is that that same actress played Mon Motha yeah. in Revenge of the Sith, but it's in deleted scenes. But yeah. it's the same actress. Yeah, yeah. And, and then when you think about the way they the the, the digital Moth Tarkin, like they they've gone through great pains to try to make sure that everyone like there is a continuity of how people look and how they sound and have it being like sort of exact. If this solo. Is if he's really nothing like Harrison in terms of his demeanor, the way he his vocal inflections, the way he plays the role, if he just feels like a totally different character, that's going to be jarring. I really think it's going to be jarring, and I think you're I, you know I, I think you're I, underselling that. I agree. I agree <clears throat> with you. I mean, to some extent, um, you know, good man James Earl Jones trying to put on his best Vader impression in Rogue One kind of took me out of the movie for <laughs> yeah, a hot second because yeah. you could hear the age in his voice, yeah. you know? Yeah. But in the the limited dialogue that we've caught uh, from Alden Ehrenreich uh, in the trailer, I, I'm, I am catching hints of, of a little bit of that uh, scruffy, rough uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. I don't know. Tone? Yeah. I'm, I'm catching bits of it, but, I mean, it's too early to tell. We, I've got to hear more, and I'm sure they're, they've, they've done that to us on purpose in terms of limiting. Yeah. I mean, much- I, I, I can't get over the fact that in the Super Bowl trailer, they show his face through a grate. Like, it felt very self-conscious. They're like, listen, we don't – can we get away with not really showing his face to the Super Bowl audience? Because they're going to be like, the, who I, is I, I saw- this guy? I saw that on your Twitter and I just, and I love you and you know, I do, but I'm like, I couldn't disagree with you more. And I say that because, uh, first of all, you, you, his voiceover is the beginning of the trailer. Secondly, and that scene, right. Yeah. When he looks up, he looks more like Han Solo there than he does at any point I've seen him in that moment. He's in the cage. Yeah. I mean, and the, and then it's like, what's your name? And he looks up and then it says solo. I'm like, I thought that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was, like, was cool. But the fact that his and, face was obscure, muscle, muscle flex. But I don't. I, it wasn't obscured. I mean, but all of that was a teaser. And if, if the next day he wasn't in the trailer yeah, very yeah, much, I whatever. Know, it, know, but, but but he was all over it. I mean, to the point where people are now dissecting it. It was like they're not using him enough. Oh, they use him too much. He sucks. I mean, right? They can't win. And listen, yeah, no, Star, Star, win. Star Wars Star Wars fans are the best and worst fans on the planet. They are. Yeah. Um, I mean, that silhouette scene too, where they're kind of like panning up, and you see the the edge of the Falcon, and it's like his yeah. silhouette. I love that man. That just that feels so Star Wars to me. So solo. Yeah. I, I dig it. I dig it. But I yeah, hey Mario, you know what I'll say too, and Aaron, tell me if you agree with this, is that out of the three of us, you may ultimately end up liking this movie more than Aaron and I do. No, you know why? <laughs> His expectations are so fucking low. Sorry. Your expectations are in the fucking gutter, man. <laughs> you're like, this thing's gonna suck. It's like, that's actually, true. That's true. You're like, you're like, you're like, actually, it's pretty good. I'm not <laughs> when we have round three of this, the week after the movie comes out, <laughs> you're gonna hear me, guys. Wasn't that incredible? 
you're, you're gonna have to like, no, no, that was trash, dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, and they're not gonna be like, really? I don't know, man. Be like I walked out in the middle of it. Really? I wish Ryan Johnson directed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what? I think I think this is a perfect way to conclude. This is like a to be continued. We're gonna do this again. This was a blast. I kind of came on with no agenda. I just knew I wanted to talk Star Wars with you guys and. We just did that for an hour and 20 minutes, and I think we could do another hour and 20. But let's save it for uh, first week of June you know, as we finally see you know, how Han Solo turned out. All right? With that, let's do it. All right. Enough, so, uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you let people know how they can find you on the Twitter and elsewhere? Uh, okay, I'll go first. So find me, Shurik, S-H-E-W-R-I-C-K. Uh, I just want to say thank you to all your listeners for listening to this show with me. I think I just, I, you know, Mario, I, I love you to death. You're, in a, you're in a, an incredible talent, and I'm just very, very happy for you with all your new endeavors. And Aaron, glad we met, brother. Yeah, Amen. man. Amen. Cool. Amen. Um, yeah, so you can find me at Averola on Twitter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just want to give a quick thank you to, uh, Mario, of course, for this awesome opportunity and, um, stay yeah. revenge, man. Absolutely. Listen, I, I, I said this before we started recording, but you know, you are officially, I consider you a contributor to the site. So you are a member of the team and I'm going to publicly just state that here. Uh, you know, Aaron is, is, uh, is part of revenge of the fans. I am so honored for that, yes. man. Thank you. So thanks Thank for coming you. on the show. Thanks for all of your endless support. Rick, you're the man. I can't wait to tell you how wrong you are for whatever like failed hot take you have on Twitter. And uh, that's it. I have I have a lot of fun with you, man. I think we make a good... Uh, <laughs> I do. I, I think a this is... Dancer Brotherhood. And by the way, when Henry Cavill makes his uh, freaking uh, cameo exam, I, I owe you a bar tab, dude. I know. That's I'm coming that. to Texas and you're getting me drunk. Yeah, maybe that, or I'll come to New York. Whatever, man. Great All bars right. in Dallas, right? Yeah. So I, I hear my, my my friend Rick owns one, and he might be opening one in uh, another town. If uh... <laughs> anyway, Dallas, <laughs> Dallas suburbs, sir. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, until next week, adios.